how many screens do you have? Like two, three? Two. two. I would like to get a three, I think. Yeah. But I'm trying not to like I don't want to get a big, big monitor. I'm trying to do everything off my laptop and with small screens. So if I decide I want to start traveling a lot and stuff that I'm very comfortable with my setup, I don't want to get used to a bigger screen and then it's be like, oh, you can't trade on a smaller laptop. I've I've always felt the same way. Like I've, I had a bigger screen before and it was really nice, but then I was always trading or traveling and I was like, I got to get used to just having my laptop screen size. So I totally feel you there. I think there's something to it. Cause if you're traveling, you're already kind of out of your element already. So you need to have something that's consistent. Yeah. Although Ross Cameron, he, he has his trading station with his big monitors. And then he also has his trading station. So I don't know. I guess you could do. I still both. think he trades off his laptop. Mm -hmm. He does. Yeah. Oh. I've seen him do that at least a I haven't watched. But he has all those months, huge but... monitors to kind of look at charts and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's like the five K, like twenty fucking terabyte laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you got to do. My laptop's also um, more of a gaming laptop. It's ready to go. Um, but I actually did it for the video and live streaming. Otherwise, I wouldn't have not got such a crazy laptop. I think you need a pretty macked out laptop to deal with TOS. <laughs> yeah. I have six detached things on TOS and I'm also running TradeStation and Weeble. And sometimes I'm recording myself all at the same time. Yeah. Okay. So, so I guess yeah. we all need a pretty serious rig. Otherwise it's just, <laughs> you're tripping over yourself. I mean, those, those costs for the laptop are, or the, whatever station are, are minor compared to slippage or some loss you take. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm I'm interested. I definitely want to get a PC, upgrade to a PC, and then see what happens if I get on high-speed internet. Those two things could be a game changer, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With your style, for sure. I mean, you think about 300 trades. I mean, one penny difference. My amongst all so those slow, trades like, could be hundred dollars. My internet's so slow, like the times and time and sales pauses for like uh, two seconds when I make a trade <laughs> and then turns back on. That's scary. That is really scary. You know, it's weird though, because I think TOS has been getting worse lately again, because it's almost every day where the order book is sticky. My limit orders, like the price goes below my limit orders, nothing happens. Then it goes back above it, and then it usually doesn't get filled. Sometimes it does get filled. It's been really weird lately. Um, there was months of really smooth, well, not really smooth, but it, this is this is new as of like two weeks. I don't know if you guys are experiencing similar issues. I saw your one in your YouTube video that that you were putting it in the ladder and it was like going below your order and then filling you same with like above your order yeah that was weird it's just so weird you're like what's going on um yeah do you get much lag alex am i what you get much lag on on your tos At, lately yes but usually not so much because i i tend to avoid the open trading and the lag hasn't been really a problem that's why i was kind of wondering if you guys were experiencing how fast is your internet 
pretty good. I mean, it's not amazing here in Berlin. It's we have DSL right now, but it's it's a hundred upload and like twenty five download. So it's not it's not an That's issue. It's uh, you know, it's not the glass fiber thousand you know up and down, but it's it's an it's plenty. It's I I've, I've traded off at like two upload and like two download or even less download. So Jesus. You don't need a lot. like 500 upload and 500 download something that's like really fast. That's what I have. What I so, wonder how much of a difference it makes. Yeah. I I don't trade. I don't do any like I wouldn't know cuz I don't really scalp anymore. So I'm no, like at 30. I'm at like 30 and 20 here. Yeah, that's okay. That's that's okay. I think sometimes I wonder like if you're just closer to this to the exchange like if that would make the biggest difference as mm-hmm. opposed to like how fast because all you need I, I think is just like two three upload or like I don't think you need a lot because I've traded all around the world with a really bad wi-fi and it usually works fine but then I'm like hmm, I'm really far away from the New York Stock Exchange right now and then I'll see like the nearest routing will be like somewhere in Spain and then the connection gets routed again so yep. I'm like thinking well I'm always losing a few milliseconds here and there there were those traders that made money off of the difference between the New York and Chicago exchange. Remember that? Yeah. They had the the cable right into the New York stock exchange. They didn't even bother going onto the internet. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I don't think we have to worry about that level. No, that's algo. Millions <laughs> of shares in a millisecond. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, can't move fast enough. No. You're not even looking at the typical retail order book at that point. I definitely feel like when I hit the buy button, my order gets filled a little bit slower than all the YouTubers I watch that trade on TOS. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but I don't know if it's my MacBook or if it's the internet. Yeah. 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 The week for conspiracy theories. I swear that mm-hmm. there's, I'm never placing another stop again. I, I think there, there's stop hunters out there. And I think it's a real thing because the ratio I get stopped out at doesn't, it's not even random at this point. It's like guaranteed to wake all the way down, however many percent, and then pop right back up again. I've actually been seeing a lot of people making that like part of their strategy now where, um, you know, like they'll use a support level only if it breaks that level, they'll get in because then it's like a liquidity grab type thing. Because if you think about it, I mean, like, let's say mm-hmm. me, me, you and Toby are all trading the exact same stock and there's a breakout over $3. Well, if, if it happens super randomly, where are we going to buy $3? Mm-hmm. We're going to all try to buy at the exact same level. So if there's someone that's smarter than us and they have way more money than us, what would they do? They would like short in that area, scare all of us out. We sell our positions for a loss while they're reclaiming all the shares going long. You know, I guess you kind of have to think of it in terms of like the spy and bigger things like that, because there's these people that have millions of share orders. If every fucking person is looking at 393.54 like today and the spy can't get below it, it's basically using that as like an area saying, oh, like we're going to break down through 393. You should short it. Everyone tries to short it. It doesn't go short. They get stopped out at the highs. Everyone tries to go long because they're like, oh, the bottom's here, but it doesn't go long either. It's just kind of like going sideways all day and the market makers are just cashing in like today the spy has a range of like a dollar 50 
and it's been doing this for like 10 days straight. It's just, yeah, no, it's, it's a really valid point. And you know what? Somebody, somebody had this. So I posted about that yesterday and I'll just share my screen to get some screen sharing started here. Um, <laughs> and I thought at first somebody was being a smart ass, <laughs> but then I reread the comment and he, he basically, cause I, I, I said this about, you know, like I might be turning into a conspiracy theorist. Cause like, here's the, my stop at 236 perfectly hits it before it reverses. And I had yesterday, I was posting an insider group. I had three of these that happened yesterday, all exactly the same. And this guy was like, then just place entries where you'd want to stop out at. And at mm -hmm. first I was like, ha, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> sure. Um, but then funny. I was like, you know, like, of course, like if you're just entering where there's giant flushes, um, and you're you're like like you said you're entering where there's liquidity grabs you know maybe that's uh that's the that's way to, to play it and and then there, some other people were were writing similar things like i don't use hard stops on my swings but on day trades once i'm in in the green they are a lifesaver i agree sometimes things get very flushy like brtx today and i'll i'll set a stop just because i know i won't be quick enough to to exit that position when it flushes um otherwise i usually don't use stops this guy says plan your trade and then move your bids down to where you your stops are so he's basically saying you know if, if if this was my trade he said plan it and then actually change it and just put your entry there kind of interesting sounds stupid and simple but if you're patient this will go a long way good luck managerous and i agree like at least you're getting entries on like wicked sell-offs. You're getting entries on those like unplanned for flushes. And then hell, if you still get stopped out because it goes down another 10%, well then, okay, fair. But um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really been bothering me lately. I've had a similar problem with all my futures trades where like my thesis is totally correct. And I'm so early and I get stopped out just because I'm like either like a day early or like a couple hours early, you know, with the small cap swings you're doing, you're like minutes early, really. Yeah, it's but, the same thing on a different time frame. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's funny because like, I feel like the more traders that I watch and look at, the more I'm like, this guy makes money and they're breaking every fucking rule I've ever thought was important like when i see toby's stats i'm like no fucking way like there's just no way he's trading 320 times in a day and being green it I just blows it. my mind yeah. same with tom you know i see tom and i'm like he literally is buying a dip that's like 20 percent on a stock that is rallying off of legit fake news and the company's worth two million dollars and it has like a 300k float and he's making money and i'm like that's impossible it's not it's just impossible and then he'll be green every day and i'm like maybe i need to start questioning the things that i hold so true to trading that like maybe they're not accurate like I, I, there's this one quote it's like you question everything about yourself except the things that you truly believe mm -hmm. you never question those you yeah. know same with trading that's all and i was like you know what? Fuck it. It was Tuesday. I was down a hundred bucks on Monday and I was like, whatever. I honestly don't give a shit anymore. I'm so bad at futures trading. I'm going to break my number one rule, which is averaging down, even though that's not really my rule. Cause like, I never even questioned to average down because I never would do it. 
And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to average down. And then on that trade, it was like my biggest single win in futures ever so far. And I was like, that's hilarious that the first time I averaged down ever is my biggest win, which makes sense, obviously, because I'm using 2x size, you know, whatever. I just got maybe a little bit lucky. And then, you know, even watching uh, like Gary, like the scruffy dude, uh, he had a like a $1,200 win. Like the other day, he posts like two YouTube videos a day where he's just always green. And I'm like, his strategy makes like no sense to me whatsoever. He's like longing backside moves like basically looking for like retracements and yeah, it makes like no sense uh, yeah, yeah it's such a weird strategy and then he makes money though too so i'm like maybe there's something in there that i need to think about about my own strategy i don't know i need to give myself more room to be correct that's pretty much my whole problem because i'm right a lot but i'm not timing I think, it i think you nailed that one on the head at that point like you have to give yourself room to be right. And you know what, there's, there's actually, well, it's not even really worth sharing today, but like on, I, I just had a, a very small size today on MTC. It was like selling off and I just wanted to practice a little bit, like some of these, these new philosophies. Okay. You know what, screw it. I'll share my screen. Uh, Cause it's going to be easier to explain. And I was like, I need to just give myself more, room to be right basically exactly what you said um so mt mtc this one actually failed which is fine but i didn't i removed my stop on it because i was just so over stops and i just did really small well, i was day trading this one and then i wanted to like so what those tweets were saying were were right again this time they were basically saying you know i wanted to enter here i should have put my and technically this would be like a, a roughly stop zone. So if I switch this around, this would have been better. It was a total fail trade. It didn't bounce like I thought it would, but still I, you know, instead of having my stop here and like perfectly getting bottom tick, I was just like, I'm just going to remove the stop and okay. The thesis is over. Like I was expecting a bounce and continuation. I was going to keep averaging down into it. Like I did, but there was no bounce. So then I just stopped out here. You know, I gave this ticker time. I removed the stop. And I think that was, that was really good. There was another trade that happened. And again, look, I'm just using very small size here, five shares, because I just wanted to practice. And typically I would have been buying somewhere around here because we have a really good, you know, five minute trend and overall daily trend. And I, I wanted to buy the morning panic and get continuation. But then I basically just replaced that where my stop would have been, put the limit all the way down here. And that one worked a lot better. Um, again, just very, very small position size because I've been bleeding cash so hard on my swing trading, like no tomorrow. So I just said, you know, for, for another, like for a while going forward, I'm only going to use up to a thousand dollars per trade, um, on my swing trading day trading. I'm still trying to do 10,000 plus. So, you know, another good example where, you know, just, you, you gotta give your, your trades a little bit of time. You gotta have the potential to average down. Um, more swing trading than day trading, but even with day trading, I mean, uh, Toby, do you want to share a little bit about how you average down or, cause I know you average down quite a bit. I, um, or I don't know about quite a bit, but I I do know you I do it. I definitely do average down. And, uh, the way I average down is I'll start out with much smaller size than I normally would trade knowing that, uh, 
because the stock's moving quickly or it's re- really volatile and pulls back hard. And I'll I'll uh, buy in where I think I should be, but I'll I'll um, start averaging down. So I'll start with like a 250 share starter, and then just start adding to it to on a when I when I do the average down. But I try not to do the average down too much. I try to do the average up, but not so much that I'm not chasing it up. It's more of like when a stock pulls back and stalls a little bit and holds for a second. And I get into my position and it just keeps holding. Then I like to try to throw on a couple more shares to see if when it breaks out of that movement. Mm-hmm. I'll take my first right away on the first pop. I'll take my first, uh, the, the first set of shares and then I'll try to hold the second part or the first, the first part that I got in initially with to the end of that trade. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, I can screen share. Um, yeah, it is that. Oh yeah, okay. I got to select it for some reason. It always unselects it. Still haven't found the default. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, uh, I don't know what screen it is. Um. So I got the video here and uh, on ONCS. Mm, I was trading uh, this exact move too. Uh, and this one I bought. This was on the on the pullback. What what, what time was this? ONCS. And it was holding that that spot. So that's where I I added in and doubled my share size because it was holding really well at that point. And it was at that flag. And then just was patient. And then that first pop there, I took my first 750 shares and then tried to hold the rest for the bigger move there and and then got out of it all there. And that's kind of the idea for my increasing share size. Hmm. Yeah. What hmm. what I've been doing is uh kind of trading based on my PL a little bit, which which has been helping for my day trading. So like really focusing on getting momentum in the right direction. For example, if I am red on the day, I'll be more scalpy. I'll just try to get a few base hits in. Um, I definitely won't be averaging into uh a winner because I'm already red on the day, which means something is not right in my head. Some I'm not meshing with the market. So I'm just going to try to take a few base hits and crawl back. And that worked really well today after I had a huge loss on BRTX. I was able to basically have a break even day, just taking one base hit after another. Because even like ONCS, it had it had one, two, three, four, five fake outs in a row, those wigs that try to pop higher. So if you're holding for that breakout, you would have been stopping out again, holding for the breakout, getting stopped out again. And that happens to me sometimes. But if if I'm in the flow, I'll do it. If I have a big buffer on the day, I'll do it because it's already working for me. But on a day like today where I can't do anything right, let me just take those base hits as much as possible. Yeah, that's helpful. That helps you chip out. And chip your way out of out of uh you know a red day and that's kind of you know when i have my big red days that's i don't i don't ever try to swing for the fences and try to get everything back in one trade i 
chip away at it and it's small i'll do like looking i'll be looking for like 20 30 dollars and work my way out that way for being down a thousand dollars 20 30 dollars at a time not even maybe i'll get lucky and i'll hit a hundred dollars on a couple of trades but i'm just trying to slowly chip away at it and that's how i don't give myself more trouble or at least that's my theory on it yeah change the momentum uh in the p in the running pnl because the running pnl instantly affects like how you're feeling and everything so you, you gotta get the momentum back into the green at least with our trading style because it's so quick we do so many trades uh obviously with colby it's it's a total different uh cookie <laughs> yeah it's so funny because like sorry you can go ahead Toby. you oh, and I, well i've also i've been trying to trade like you know oh alex knows that i i like billy a lot so i try to trade billy at least once a day and uh i'm trying to trade nvidia at least a couple of times a day too so i'm going to take i try to take scalps on those because my thought process is if i really learn and understand those two stocks even on the slow days there's a you know there's a good way to make some some side money to if you know the the small caps aren't moving very well because both those tickers are volatile enough they they move enough range that there's decent money that you can pick up yeah that's that's a really good point i'm still a little bit traumatized about trading the same ticker every day um cuz i did that with crypto and i just i just felt like i had so many biases around certain tickers more or less certain coins um, well i just tried like you know there's I, you start to see like patterns there's you know like billy it will like if it if it like is um if it's like gapping up for the day it will yeah. pull back right out of the start yeah and then when it goes then we'll go down like 20 or like i don't know like 20 percent or something from that gap the gap up and then usually they will it will curl at that point and so there's these like points where you know double tops and and things like that where i i just keep kind of keep an eye on these different levels and if it doesn't hit it then i don't trade it but if it gets close to that area then i'll jump in on a trade and try to catch one i have i'll i'll screen share i'll, I'll screen share one more time i think i have have one yeah i it's a valid point though and you definitely learn how a ticker behaves for sure. I, I definitely agree with that. I just hate like on week six or 10 or 20, I'll have so many biases about a ticker at one point. And then that, I think that's the part I try to avoid getting into. Or I'll revenge from the day before or something. Colby, you should share your screen after on and show your NVIDIA trade. Yeah. Are you in that still? Mm -hmm. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. You're still in the NVIDIA trade? Yeah. Yeah, I got I, it basically sitting where my entry is yesterday. Yeah, it had a really nice gap down, but then it, now it's... I expected this. It, it always, the second the market opens, NVIDIA just rockets higher, and then it just dumps. <laughs> yeah. But... So I, I had Billy on my second screen. And I saw it come up right here and then it, it kind of got rejected. And so I was I was waiting. Um <laughs> so I hopped in on it because it was right at like the high of where where it started the day, uh, yeah. the day before because it kind of gapped down. So um 
but I didn't like how that one felt. So I got out of it immediately. And then I waited just a little bit longer. Yeah, it's good that you got out. It started to go my way a little bit. Some big ass size, then, Jesus. But then my, I think the real trade started here when. Uh, could be wrong. That that thought I put the timestamp in, but. Yeah, you got to size bigger with uh, these tickers that don't move as quick. I'm not familiar with this ticker. I don't know what. So, That's a cool little graphic <laughs> on TOS. Oh shit! Yeah, it does its logo. Look at. Well, I screwed that up. I don't. I don't know where it is on my trade, on my uh, OBS. But basically, it, ba it did a double, double topping wick. This is one of my horrible trades, and I was averaging down on this one too. I think. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's so on Billy. There was a, a top two topping wicks, and then I hopped in on it, and I think I got like 250 bucks out of the trade, and it was a uh, was pretty pretty painless. This one I was trying to trying to find some continuation, but it was not coming fast enough. Can you see? Like, can you tell how you're adjusting? your strategy slightly since it's a larger cap like because it seems like you're obviously holding things way longer than when you were sharing your small cap trades at least on yeah. billy uh on billy i know like on billy so i um it's those billy and like nvidia can be tough because you can be you can be correct immediately but you know, they move around so much and there's so much range on them that you'll go like a hundred dollars green and then it will bounce right back up and you'll be like two hundred dollars red. Yeah. Immediately. So I try to keep a very tight stop on it. And I my stop is break even. If it's going in my direction, then I keep my stop at break even. And then I'll just start to partial it out. And that's why I like to use the fifteen hundred share size. I'll I'll just get out five hundred shares at a time and try mm -hmm. to catch a little bit bigger move. My timing on Billy was perfect. I, if I would have had the balls and held on to that thing longer, I could have made probably six, seven hundred bucks on that trade. But I was the reason I took the two hundred and fifty bucks or whatever it was um, was because it got me back to break even for the day. So I just mm. that's so I just, important. I just Nothing took worse the than easy, easy yeah. win to make my to get my account back to zero to make myself feel comfortable again, and then start fresh. Yeah, I think that was the right decision. I've had so many times where I'll be down 500 and then I don't take my profits and then I was at break even and then I'm right back down to 500. And it just makes you so furious mentally that it's better emotionally for me if if it keeps popping up and I'm out and I at least lock in the profits as opposed to if I don't lock in the profits and it goes down, I'm back to down 500. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I, I've had the same problem too where I'm trying to take a little bit bigger win and not taking profits. And then you see like, oh, I could have been like halfway out of the red already, but instead I try to hold it for the bigger move. And I end up at the exact pl same place where I was when I could have had, you know, I could have been halfway to green by then. So yeah, it, it's, when you're red, you got to take profits immediately almost just to get out, get out of red. 
Yeah, I agree. When you're red, the, the priority is to get back green and nothing else almost even matters at that point. Like who cares about big wins or anything? Um, obviously, uh, Colby's setup is definitely different, but. It's so funny. I like listening to you guys talk because it just seems so different than what I'm doing. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I feel like, uh, whenever I'm trading, whenever I traded small caps, like a year and a half ago, you know, you'll see like a 50% front side move that lasts a half an hour. And if you catch 5% of that, that's pretty good still. And um, 5% of that move could literally be a, a millisecond trade where you literally market it in, market it out yeah, with decent size, whatever, and just got it. And then when you switch to large caps, it's just like, you cannot scalp like that. It just does not work. You can't, Yeah, there's too much money in it. I mean, there's like so many areas where there's just millions and millions and millions of dollars that are waiting to be sold at the top and just waiting to be bought at the bottom and like tom i know he he scalps like aggressively and he tries to scalp the spy and he can't and it surprises me that he can't because you'd think that like his edge comes from like level two tape and stuff like that on small caps you'd think it would kind of translate over to the spy but it's just weird that it doesn't because i would assume spy mm -hmm, yeah and um yeah it's just like whenever i started trading nvidia which i traded that i know alex knows this but toby i traded nvidia every day for like the first six months of last year because whenever the bear market started <clears throat> every day i was just like in the trade journal discord just being like guys like there's trillions and trillions of dollars that are going to be liquidated out of the market in the next year the market's probably going to go down something like 30 percent, whatever i didn't say that i don't know how much i said i probably said 50 percent because i'm an idiot and then um I would just like tell everyone like you guys should be trading large caps small caps suck right now like there's not that much opportunity and, i remember um, i remember reading those comments a couple yep, times it's definitely true yeah and then uh you realize real quickly that like you can't kind of just switch like it doesn't just work like that and uh, i traded nvidia for a whole six months straight only nvidia and was flat for six months which i still think is an accomplishment <laughs> like as a trader to be flat is still even pretty hard because most people lose money but you can't like i was trying to do the same strategy with small caps and i just realized you can't do that you have to hold trades for almost like 10 minutes and that's like still pretty small like and now the more i get into large caps the more i'm learning about them the more i realize like it is so not worth it to touch them at all unless it's at least a b setup and then even then you still got to hold that trade for like a half an hour like i held that other trade the other day for four hours straight and i just sat and waited to see if it was going to hit my stop or my target and it's I'll such a weird cast, like you know i'll keep it very tight stop on them still and treat kind of trade it like i do my normal small cap style but the benefit of trading large cap is you're not stuck just longing everything you can go short and mm -hmm. so you can kind of play a totally different game and i find myself shorting more on the on like billy and and nvidia rather than going long so i kind of have like a completely opposite training style because i only short them i don't go long on them very much yeah it's it's weird it's such a yeah it's it's too tempting almost because it makes you like i've had many days where i'm like long short long short long short in one day and 
I, I mean, I bet you on every single one of those days I'm red. It's really, really hard to flip your bias. Like even yesterday, I had a really good long trade on the spy. It wasn't that good. It was okay. And then uh, at the top, it was like looking bearish. And I was like, oh, I really want to short this now. And I just didn't do it because I was like, fuck that. I'm going to keep my money and not be an idiot. Um, and then it went straight back down. And, and then it was like a two, a 20 point futures trade that I missed short. And then it took out the lows and then it grabbed liquidity and went back higher. And I was like, wow, you could have went long or short today, like three times at the bottom and the top and just made a bunch of money. And I was like, it's the market goes through these random phases where whenever the VIX is anywhere close to 20, like if it's spiking at all, like the market is so volatile that if you don't take profits, you lose no matter what. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, like even on like your swings, Alex, like I'm sure like if you're green on it, it's fucking scary because you just have no idea. Like it's so easy for a bear in a bear market environment for everything to just be so rangy because there's no clear, there's no reason for anyone to be like my uncle traded like swings back when in 2020 when the market was super hot and he made like $40,000 and I would talk to him about trading and I was like, how like, and he'd be like, how are you losing money? Like, this is so easy. Like I'm just buying a stock and holding it. And I'm like, damn, how is he so good at trading? And I suck. And then, you know, obviously he lost like a hundred K after making that 40. And it's funny. Cause like he had a hundred K account went to 140. Now it's at like 25 to 40 K probably. And, um, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> Until we have a market like that again, the moves are just not directional anymore. They're just much more, you know, waiting for liquidity at the bottom, waiting for liquidity at the top, waiting for liquidity at the bottom. And it's just not, there's, there's just no stair step ladder higher or lower. So it's just such a tricky environment. Yeah. Especially long biased, uh, swing trading is very difficult right now. You, I, I feel like you, you, you can do it on a few Momo tickers. I'm actually going to come out with a video about that soon. Just like finding the momentum takers, which ones are going to have multi-day and, and riding those, but like just randomly trying to swing trade long right now is, is a nightmare. Actually going back kind of one topic quickly, would you keep doing that NVIDIA kind of everyday trading you did it for six months? Like what was your thoughts on that whole entire, entire thing? I mean, because you stopped it. Right. So what? Yeah. Well, I mean, Whenever the market first started going bearish, my thought was that the stocks that are the most hyped up are going to die the quickest. And right. that's like NVIDIA Tesla. Yeah. And, um, you know, everything kind of dropped. Like Microsoft fell off a cliff. Not really. Netflix fell off a cliff. Microsoft dropped. Like Google Facebook. dropped. Apple held up. Facebook was fucking demolished, you know. And NVIDIA, like when the SPY was red 1%, back last year nvidia was red like eight percent every time yeah. and you know you see that and you're like wow i'm gonna use the spy to just tell me when to short nvidia and then that was like my whole thesis was that for for three to five months i spent every day going over okay is the spy bullish or bearish today if the spy is bullish was nvidia bullish and then i have to go through all these stats and say like looking for outliers and i made this little system that i don't even remember what the hell it was but something related to like, if the spy is bullish, I go long these certain tick tickers. If the spy is bearish, I go short these certain tickers. And 
it just didn't work over time. I mean, I didn't do it long enough, but I was trying to use the spy to tell me when to trade other things. And then you just realize like, it doesn't work like that. The spy, yes, it's like more tech heavy than obviously like the Dow and stuff like that. But I don't know. I almost like, feel like NVIDIA leads the spy. So if it's dumping, the spy will follow it. I know, like you'd think, like that's the thing is it, it looks all the time. Like if you're using that as a way to trade, it's just every day it looks different. There's never, there's nothing like, there's not actual data to be like, because it looks like that sometimes. Sometimes NVIDIA gaps down 4% and the SPY is also going down. But, you know, if you think about it, there's just no way that NVIDIA is affecting the overall market that much. I mean, Apple is like 7% of the entire SPY in terms of market share. And even Apple like cannot move the spy that much. So yeah, exactly, you know, yeah. And Nvidia is big as fuck. It's a huge company, but it's not even close to Apple. So I don't know. It didn't work. And then I was like, well, I guess I should try to trade something else. And then I tried to trade other tickers, like you know, what I even trade? I traded Microsoft a little bit, but then it kind of transformed into trading just the spy. And now that's like what I'm trying to do mostly. But I think that like, I was listening to Lance Breitstein, favorite trader of all time. He, uh, <clears throat> he has this concept Fan called boy. the broken slot machine. What's yeah. that? Fan boy. <laughs> <laughs> he got this, he has this cool concept called the broken slot machine where he basically is saying like, if you go to Vegas and you were like going to go play blackjack that day, cause like obviously blackjack has the best odds. Um, and you saw someone playing a slot machine and it was fucking just like just shitting out money like yeah. the slot machines just fucking giving them every time they fucking pull the lever they're winning and like you obviously know like slots are not a profitable thing to to touch you should not gamble on slots but why would you not try to use that slot machine if it's just shitting out money and lance breitstein always says that if you give the best traders in the world um, the wrong stocks to trade, they will also be red. And he says that like, there's a good, like if you can find a broken slot machine in the stock market and every day there's only like three, he says, like that's like max every day. Um, and that's in like a good market too. Most now it's probably way less than that. But if you can find that broken slot machine, you actually can trade pretty shitty and still make money, which makes sense because that's how all those people made all this money in 2020, just trading like shit. They have no idea what's going on. Ask them what a front side is. They'll say lower lows, lower highs. They don't even know what the fuck is going on. And they'll make money because the market just was a whole broken slot machine. The whole market was basically for a year. So I'm thinking more like recently the SPY... I feel like it's too much, it's traded too much anymore. And it's not giving the range it did last year. Like last year, you get big drops, 20 point drops. Now, you know, for, for two weeks right now, we have six points in range. Like that's really bad, especially if I'm trying to get a whole one point a day. If there's two points in range, how the hell am I going to capture 50% of the entire spy move in one day? That's, that's hard as hell to do. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I'm trying to look for more stocks. Like that's why I'm trying to swing trade NVIDIA right now. Cause I'm like, you know, it seems like that could be a good thesis for a trade, but in, in general, I'm still shorting like a front side move at the highs. So, I mean, it could go either way, but yeah, yeah. I want to try to trade more stocks because I do think that there's not going to be edge in the spile every day. It just doesn't exist. 
you know, no one stock is going to get be broken forever. Yeah, that's true. That's kind of why I like the small caps because you're just kind of trading that what's hot today and then you kind of, um, mm -hmm. yeah, get over it. But I also like the the whole concept of like, do you know the turtle traders? Um, kind of like some of the OG trend followers um, from way back, like, I think like the 90s, like in terms of like way back in terms of like when retail trading was started to be a thing. And, and they go back even further, but I think that's when they became really popular and all the news about them came out. And basically in a nutshell it's it's you're you're riding the trend right you're you're finding that broken slot machine that right now it's here and it needs to go here because of whatever news earnings whatever you know catalyst large collaboration with a big company or something like that with the government government contract so what you're doing is you're basically just riding that trend and that's basically what we're doing on a smaller time frame um you know, riding that trend as, as long as possible. So that's always why I feel like in a way I could trade any asset class because that's what they were kind of proud of. They could trade any asset class as long as they're they're always looking for that trend. And most of the time the market is ranging. So you're, you're just looking all across different markets. You're looking for that tip thing that broke out of the range and it's starting to trend. And then you just want to ride, ride that trend as long as possible. And it's a, uh, it's basically the the only strategy that I mean they've done a lot of back testing that just consistently works. You just have to be patient for the setup. Yeah, it's hard. You can you can kind of see trends in, in places where trends don't exist a lot <laughs> of the time. You know, I, I feel like that's that's been me with my swing trades. I, but you 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 said something really good recently where it was like, um, yeah, you're just you're kind of like trading random tickers in a way, or like you're trading large caps or doing a bunch of stuff. And it's true, like when I was looking back at yesterday, I was reviewing a lot of my swing trades and I was like, what setup is this? You know, yeah, sure. It's a support line balance, but this is like a backside. It's not a sector play. There's no momentum. It's just like a random setup, you know? Mm -hmm. So I really need to focus on if I'm, you know, swing trading, I need to be basically doing my small cap momentum front side intraday strategy, but on a larger time frame where I'm still trading those hot, tickers in the sector with news, macro, micro, whatever's going on. And I'm riding that front side. I'm riding that trend instead of like just doing some random ticker because it has a good setup. Mm -hmm. So yeah, sector. Yeah, I mean, trends. Yeah. If you're trading like a small cap and, and you just trade the, the one day, one minute, and you don't even look to the left at all, it could be the best front side of the world. But if you don't, if there might be the, the day before today, could they could have, it could have been up, you know, 50% higher and there's just 10 X the volume and you have no idea, you know, that's why it's like, if you're going to swing something long, it better damn have at least some fucking months, months and months and months of support or something. Because I mean, even these small caps now, like. I mean, I don't know any, the only stock I've seen that's actually still like consistently breaking highs is like monster energy. <laughs> and like, it's not a small cap, but like, I don't see any stocks anywhere that are breaking all-time highs or doing anything like that. So we're in a ranging market, no doubt about it. And that will hurt small caps way more than large caps, because at least when large caps are ranging, they have liquidity 
you know, they have some type of opportunity, but in small caps, you know, in a ranging market, I just don't know. There's not enough like dumb money, like all of the people that, like us that are sitting and trading, you know, retail traders, there's not enough money that's just being flowed into the market. And these big players, they definitely don't want to touch that shit. Why would a, why would a hedge fund trade a CDIO because it like has a phase one cancer research, you know, like unless they already own 20% of the stock and they're going to dump it on the news or something, you know, mm -hmm. there's no reason, like no companies are doing like in phenomenal right now. Yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you what, next time, next time I feel like my YouTube channel has like a growth spurt. That's usually a time where you need to, you need to trade more aggressively because mm -hmm. yeah. the trading with retail traders is such like a ebb and flow like sometimes it's hot everyone wants to be a trader and then sometimes nobody wants to be a trader and when nobody wants to be a trader i feel that on my youtube like everything just goes down drastically but then i i also feel in the markets where yeah. wow we haven't seen a gapper that over 50 percent in a while or you know we're not getting any multi-day runners so it's yeah like 2020 um you like looking back everybody wanted to be a trader everybody was at home i mean this was the perfect perfect market for that stuff so i guess just being really mindful of the macro situation is something that i need to work on a lot more and i need it somehow added to my checklist and i know that's why in the discord you're doing the you know the team trading with the pre-market uh, review which uh, or pre-market prep which which makes a lot of sense to just get in the mindset of the macro Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i mean that good. time will come back i, I uh, appreciate you doing that colby that's i like uh listening into it were you on today though i, ch I checked in today and there, you no one's talking i was there for like 10 minutes and then no one showed up and i was like well whatever i, th I think i showed up a little bit late and mm. your channel was still up but no one was in there i was like well yeah i'm not going to hang here much longer <laughs> It sucks because I'm, <laughs> I didn't want I'm talking about large cap stuff and then like no one's trading large caps. And I'm like, dude, if I was trading a small cap right now and someone was telling me that fucking like the, the, the FOMC is today, I'd punch them in the fucking face. Like I am looking at a front side fucking trade. Okay. I don't give a shit what this buy is doing. So whenever I see people coming in there that are trading small caps, like it, right now, like Alex went in there the one day I was trading like BXRX or something. And I, I remember when I was trading small caps, like if you look at anything, you miss it, you know, like the move and the opportunity, you got to be glued to the screen. So I was like, I don't know if pre-market prep is something that is actually beneficial, especially whenever people want to talk about, you know, anything that's not related to trading. You could probably but make like a quick post or something with like the need to know in general, how you have those multiple time frames. You're like, guys, we're still on a macro there yeah. but we're in a maybe a micro range something like that i don't know sorry toby or just or just keep it real short i i like it i'm gonna keep tuning in i just it was good sometimes, yeah sometimes my timing's off like you know get up go to the bathroom mm. or whatever and the pops up because it's do you do it try to do it at a certain time start it at a certain time yeah it's kind of i'll open it at like 8 55 and then i'll start at nine so till like 9 30. <laughs> It's usually a good time because I, I tend to not do so much trading between 9 and 9.30. Very rarely do I trade at that period of time. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I used to never trade then either. 9.20 so I can start getting ready for the opening. Yeah, it's always mm -hmm. like 
you're, you're more like in prepping and you don't really want to get aggressive on this new front side with such a little time before the market opens. So it's usually, yeah, just kind of what Toby said, just prepping. Have you ever, I, I keep being tempted, like, you know, because some of those stock or some of those, some of the small caps are like pumping right into the market open, like buying in early and just kind of holding it into the market open. I've yeah. never had the ball actually hold a, hold a trade into the open. I know yeah. Roth does it once in a while. It's, it's uncomfortable. I did it today, actually, and it worked um, on ONCS, but I always do a small size. I, I feel the same. I'm not super ballsy when it comes to holding into the open, especially on TOS. I, I don't know. I've had so many bad experiences where I end up on the on support with TOS for hours because I can't get out of a trade. It's totally frozen. And so that's usually why I don't do it at this point. You have the problem of getting out or getting in? Usually getting out where I get a fill or my limit order, I, doesn't, I can't remove it anymore and it just stuck there. And then like an hour later, it's like, and I get, I'm filled, surprise, the stock's way down. And then I'm on the phone and I'm like, listen, this is ridiculous. It's, I, I don't know if it's happening less now than it used to, because I simply just don't trade that open cross, they call it, which is basically two minutes before and after when mm -hmm. they've even like admitted a lot of weird things happen at that time period, because like, they can't send orders out like before a certain time period with these non-direct access brokers. So there's like this period where like order flow doesn't really work. And, and that's right around the open. And yeah, I guess their, their system bugs out. And then sometimes the an order will like literally get lost or frozen and you, you just can't close it out. So I've had so many bad experiences with that where I just, I don't do it anymore. And when I do do it, I just do it at the very small size. Like today it worked, but I don't know. I'm a bit traumatized about the whole experience. Yeah. I think like yesterday and today I've been going probably a little bit bigger size than I should be, but I'm really trying to work into some larger size. I had, you know, 3000 shares more than a dozen times today. Hell yeah. That's what it's all about. I mean, you gotta, that's, that's how you get bigger profits, right? Not trading more, not holding longer, just bigger size. Colby, are you ready to size? It's not right right now. Things aren't, there's no continuation. You can't get like, there's like a perfect flag set up and it will freaking drop like another 5% out of it. Yeah. Setup's it's almost like the the drop like out of, like if there's a, there's a nice like, like a bull flag happening and then it, it dumps down like 5%. That's almost the setup there actually because yeah, then those, it starts to those, fall back those traps bull and bear traps are real entry points uh, for the opposite yeah i mean if you think about where are the orders like if people got long at three and the high of the all-time high is at four where are they going to sell they're going to sell at four yeah. they're not going to hold yeah. for like a breakout so that's like the same idea like liquidity grabbing you know it's a real there's thing liquidity grab and there's like a wick reclaim i that's a strategy I use a lot these days. Yeah. 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 Me too. Or I always want to do it. And then I'm the idiot that is like, okay, it's taking too long. It's holding. I buy the micro pullback. And then right afterwards, it's a, it's the giant flush that I, I stop out at. It's been happening to me an unholy a lot amount of time because I even know, I don't know. I've been like today, I called out, 
BRTX. I was like, guys, watch out. This ticker breaks out hard. It barely pulls back and then it dies. What do I do? <laughs> I wait until it breaks out, barely pulls back. Then I enter and I get flushed on. I take my giant loss right after I call it out. So I don't know why I've, I've been a little bit on that, that mindset or that lack of self-discipline lately. I think I'm probably a little bit frustrated with my swings and it's been having ripple effects into my day trading. To be totally honest, I can't think of any other reason. I think I need to be a lot more aggressive on the early moves because yeah. I'm still trying, I'm still like trying to like trade like pullbacks and like, oh, this could be flagging out and I can get some continuation and I just get dumped on pretty often with those. But I think like the early moves can be strong and just chase it, get a bunch of shares in and then get out as quick as possible because that first like 30 seconds is the best part of every move. And then, <laughs> you know, after a minute or two, these things are right back where they started. Yep. I couldn't agree anymore. BRTX was like the definition of, of what you just explained. Like that ticker was so hot for 30 seconds. And then it was like 10, 15% dump. And then it did it again, like 10 minutes later. <laughs> actually, yeah. If you, bought, if you bought the bottom in that range, like you, you actually could have made a ton of money. Because yeah. like in the market, it kept popping right back down to the bottom of that range and then trying to shoot back up to $4. I got to work on being more mindful of how a ticker's trading and then pivot quicker. Sometimes I'll be stubborn and be like, I know how the ticker's trading, but I still want to trade it the way I want to trade it. And then... And then I, I'd make some big losses. Sometimes I'm more flexible, but today I wasn't, you know? And yeah, really obvious mistakes that I've, I've been making lately. I'm excited to start connecting on a two or three good trades with my share size and see what my PL looks like after that. Dude, that's the best. That's when, yeah, you have the new size and you get a couple of decent base hits and then you're up like 15, 2000. You're like, all right, here we go. Wait, you can do that. I usually just lose like a month of profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tough because often when you size, it's like, it just so happens to be the first three days in a row where you end up having red days. So you have to like, you really have to get through like this, this bleeding phase in a way. I don't know. It happens to me a lot when I size. And then I just say, you know what, screw it. I'm going to stay here. I can definitely tell that through time, I'm, I'm becoming more naturally able to just take more size just from the fact alone that I know exactly what my risk is when I enter a trade anymore. Like I used to get in and be like, mm, it's a front side. I hope it keeps going. And I would just, you know, if I'm down like 10 cents, I'd just be like, nah, well, I'm wrong. And then it goes up anyway. Or you know, I feel like now I actually have like a legitimate entry point. I have a legitimate stop out point, a legitimate target every time, no matter what, before I even get in the trade, I know exactly how much I'm either going to make or lose. And like, that is a, that is fucking so important for me, at least with large caps, because like, I'm not, I'm not a very risky person. Like in real life, I kind of want to... I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm not risky at all. Like I definitely like to do stupid shit sometimes, but in general, I would much rather like slowly build up my wealth than gamble, you know, and try to like make, like try to make a bunch of money quickly or do anything like that. 
that's why I always say like my number one asset is just my bankroll. And if I can keep my money that I have and just not drain it all, like I will, I will inevitably make money at some point because that's the most important asset to a trader is your capital. You know, if you have nothing, you can't trade anymore. So yeah, I don't know. Cheers. That. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What are you guys' plans for tomorrow? Uh, wrapping up the week quickly as possible or trying to what's what's the mindset going tomorrow uh for me um, i'm gonna take it pretty easy i yesterday was a big day like i traded way too much way over traded was down i think 750 bucks at my max crawled all the way out i think i was positive 300 at my best and then still finished the day minus 150 which is not not that big a deal it's a pretty pretty small red day for me um i was really pushing it though there was some stuff right at the you know during power hour and i was up 300 bucks so i was risking everything to to see if i could get it to like six seven eight hundred thousand dollars wow that's late too so, power hour so you. that wore me out and then today i kind of got worn out because i was on a roller coaster i was positive negative positive negative positive negative positive negative i think i went back and forth like three or four maybe five times yeah. Grateful to finish green. But you know, I've had like looking back at my last month, I had a very solid month, even the month before that, two solid months, lots of green. Only between January and February, I think only like four red days. Yeah, you're so, crazy. Just try to keep it simple, not push it. I just feel like I'm just trying to throttle a little bit hard and that's going to get me into trouble. So I want simple it simplify it just a little bit pull off pull, like step off the gas a little bit relax and then kind of reload and let's see if i can string together another another like another another 10 or 15 days of green again that'd be great i like that it makes a lot of sense colby you um well i mean for the last like two weeks i've been trading so little it's actually kind of nuts i'm gonna share my screen real quick Oh, okay. My bad. Like I've only been trading, like in the beginning of February, I was trading a little bit more like 14 trades this day. But for the last like two weeks, like one trade, three trade, two trades, two trades, two trades, one trade yesterday. I didn't trade at all today. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel like recently I've been much more willing to just be like, if the market's gross, just fucking leave it alone. Like I don't, I know that that's like, it's such a hard thing to do that. I don't know That's why it's, it really is like, it takes so much energy to just be like, wow, the market is so gross right now. I'm not going to trade it. Like, look at the, look at the spy today. Oh, I mean, nice what? Cross <laughs> so much. Yeah, seriously. Like this is disgusting. I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, it's the front side. Well, yeah. Zoom out like a little bit and you'll be like, oh, uh, maybe it's yeah, not a front side. There's some yeah. nasty flushes. Like, this is all disgusting price action. Like, you would think, like, oh, we break this support down here. Like, we just continue. Nope. Just a liquidity grab. You think, oh, it's a liquidity grab. No, nah, it'll go higher since it was a liquidity grab. No, it just goes up, flushes, goes back up, flushes. It's just like, this is disgusting price action. And especially in a bear market, it's like a, more important than ever to just walk away. Like, yes. I want to keep my fucking money. I don't want to be... The energy. 
yeah, like it's not worth it at all. I mean, even this week, like I took two trades on Monday. Like this was the day I had my little like average into my loser and I made back, like I was down like a hundred dollars on like Monday and Tuesday off of three trades. And then I made this one trade and made it all back. And then right when I did that, I was like, dude, I don't even want to fucking trade the rest of the week. Like this, that was so already emotional just from like the fact that I was averaging into my loser and just doing all this stuff that I don't normally do. Yeah. Like this was the trade that my was $145 win. Like I entered in pre-market right here because this was the previous day close and it flushed down on me 15 points. And I was literally just, I was already down a hundred dollars in the week. And I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm going to average into this loser just to see how funny it is that uh, I'm probably going to win on this trade because I'm going to break a massive important rule of trading. And then, you know, my average was somewhere in this area. And I held this for four hours for like the attempted breakout of the high. Like this, this is the high of day. And we still didn't even break out a high day. Like we just failed right before that. Shoulders are always good to close. I feel like that was a, you know, like that wasn't even a good trade, honestly. Like, yeah, I made more money because I had two contracts instead of one, which is like a hundred shares, but that's still not a good trade. Like in this post right here, like that's where I went long right there. And I always talk to you guys about like macro, micro, this macro, this. Well, macro right now is in a range. So there's not really a macro reason to go short anymore because like back last year, whenever you get price action like this, that doesn't fucking happen. This shit goes down, 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 down for days straight. Okay. It goes straight down. It does this pattern right here for seven days straight. Okay. This is like a bottom formation basically from like, okay, whenever market was up here, everyone's saying terminal fed rate is 5%. It's not going to go higher than five and a half percent. Definitely not. You know, and of course the fed's wrong and they're just moving their goalposts every day. And the Fed comes out and they're like, guys, uh, inflation is actually not coming down as fast as we want. And we're going to have to raise rates probably more. So everyone prices in. That's whenever this happened. And then for you know the last two weeks, we've just been trying to dump as hard as possible, but the market won't go lower. And I think it's just the fact alone that like the market simply cannot predict what's going to happen right now. There's just nothing to know. Like the Fed terminal rate, yeah, is it going to be 6% now? Maybe like closer to 7%? Maybe. Is that enough for bears to like dump the whole market 50%? Hell no, it's not. Because it would have dumped in the last five days. Look at this price action. I mean, this is a bottom formation right here. We're, we're, we're sweeping lows and rocketing higher every time. Sweep low, break higher. Sweep the low, break higher. And then today we swept the low and now we're breaking higher again. It's like the market can't decide if like the Fed going to 6% is a bad enough catalyst for us to break uh, the whole stock market. And I'm pretty sure that like at some point this year, the only way the market's going lower is if something completely unprecedented breaks. And that doesn't have to be some crazy shit like the GFC. It could just be like, you know, maybe zombie companies can't service their debt anymore like carnival cruise line and all the cruise ships that are in debt 20 billion dollars and making 20 billion uh and 1 million extra on the year and they're like considering themselves like profitable whatever but i don't know i mean i was i went long again like this is the next day um we swept the low like the previous day low was right here we swept that previous day low i got long i made like another 12 points immediately breaks back down immediately sweeps the low goes back higher breaks this previous high so you're like oh that's a new higher high right maybe we're gonna go long nope back lower again 
And then like, I just don't understand that. I always say like a macro range, micro downtrend. Well, why the fuck am I going long then? Because if you look at this, um, like I wrote down here, like, yeah, I went long in this little oval area, but look at these short opportunities. Yeah, there was good thrust off of these lows for, for green moves, but these shorts are way nicer. Like shorting yeah. is just way better. It's more predictable. It's a lower high, lower high. And then this is really interesting. So this is that bottom formation again and micro downtrend, right? So you want to be going short. Look at how every single short opportunity is a lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high, lower high. You have clear risk. Like you could have shorted right here at 401, risked this previous high. You would have made a fuck ton of money. Could have shorted right here, risked this previous high. It's literally like a ladder down, right? And then look at the long opportunities though. Here's lower low, lower low, lower low. Okay, random low, random higher low, another random lower low, um, higher low if you compare it to this one, but lower low if you compare it to that one. Lower low here. I mean, it's like it jumps around and finds support at random levels. So it's obviously going to be way harder to go long whenever we're doing this compared to this. Like you have clear risk on every single one of these entries, whereas all of these entries are pretty much just like, I don't know, maybe. And I don't know why I'm going long. I just wrote this post basically saying, you know, when the micro is down, go short. That's how you fix that problem. But <laughs> yeah. I think uh, one thing I've noticed, and I, I love your pictures, but um, if I'm trading any ticker, uh, even on the intraday on a small cap or on a large cap on daily, after a big, a larger move than normal, whatever that is, maybe on a large cap, it just sold off for the last two days, 20%. You can pretty much bet it's not going to continue trending that much. It's And those are good times to start range trading a little bit more. Basically, if there's a big sell-off, you just want to buy into it. If there's a move higher, you sell it. So maybe that's what you have to consider because because SPY had a you know a pretty substantial sell-off. And now we're at 390 support. And you know, now it's probably just gonna bounce around a little bit before it starts continuing in a new trend. Yeah, I mean, you're totally right. Look at that. I mean, for context, like look at last year. Whenever you get, like, look at this. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Yeah, this is not the same price action. This is even a bad example compared to how it actually was last year. I mean, look at this. This is literally a month and a half of just pure straight down price action. I mean, even the uptrends are clean. I mean, right now it is just yeah. not that way. This is all just bullshit. <laughs> it's yeah, hard as hell to trade it yeah yeah then the the way the scruffy trader is almost good trades right now specifically right now no literally yep you could just start accumulating a position you'll know within the hour it's going to be right back on the other side but yeah gotta, he's gotta, i mean gotta know the market you're in yeah, he's literally, I mean, you could trade the spy like a fucking currency right now and it would work better. I'm just going to go over this really quick NVIDIA trade. It bounced 170% off the lows. So did Tesla. They're both like in a hype stage where, you know, like the market's going back to, I don't know, like NVIDIA and Tesla found their bottoms, I guess. Um, it channels to the upside. Obviously, front side channels tend to break to the downside whenever you have a massive macro um, downtrend, which obviously NVIDIA is still in a big ass downtrend. Until you get above this high, we're still in a downtrend. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, my whole thesis is that, well, also there's another thing. It's, it broke through this downtrend and I actually swung short it right here and I covered the same day um, and made like a hundred dollars. And then like two days later, I didn't even realize they had earnings. And I was like, well, I probably should pay attention more whenever I swing something short and I don't even know they had earnings and they had earnings and their earnings were terrible. Their revenue was down a lot. Their profit was down a lot, profit margin, something like that. And they said AI 90 times, actually like 90 counted in their uh, earnings report. And because of that, the stock went up 20% overnight, even though everything was, all their actual fundamentals were down 50. Um, so it came up here, broke out of this high, chopped up a little bit. And then yesterday or two days ago, they said, hey, we're going to have a $10 billion offering actually. Like, you know, how our earnings were really bad and we said AI a million times. Yeah, that was literally just to pump the stock up because we're going to do a, a fucking offering on everybody. And it's kind of creepy because if you if you look at the price action, somebody knew this shit and they were selling, okay? Because look at this price action. This is crazy. Um, let me go to smaller. This is the day they were going to announce it. This is when they announced it right here in the after hours. Look at this sell-off. What the fuck is that? This, um, even the move higher, look at this weird grinding green. Like breakout, 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 breakout. And they're all 10 cent breakouts. So that's yeah, There's consistent. already someone selling into those. Yeah, that's algo trading right there. Same with this. Look at these breakdowns. I mean, it's just a perfect little trend lower. And then right at the end of the day, there you go, down another four points, 1%. And then it gapped down, um, dropped down the next day too. But I shorted it yesterday whenever I saw that we were finding a top in this area. And this blue line is my entry point. And options are just so dumb because I woke up this morning and I was up, you know, I supposedly three points and the, the Delta was like 12. So whatever, I should have had like $36 in profit. I was only up like $15. I was like, how the fuck is this even possible? I bought an option contract that was a month out in the future. So the theta was like 10, maybe max. And it came back up to my entry point today and I was down $20. So like in one day, my position size is essentially like 12 shares basically. And in one day, my average moved down almost a dollar fifty, just because it was an options contract. If I would have shorted this with just shares, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, so it's frustrating. And then you, maybe the volatility is less. I don't know. And then that counts. The implied volatility is probably going up because they had an offering news. So everyone's like, "Oh, the expected move is going to be much bigger than people are." pricing in so like that makes the options contracts lose value because people don't want to buy options whenever they know the volatility is going to be high so yeah that was that well i can't wait to hear about your nvidia trade tomorrow <laughs> i know i'm pretty i mean hopefully as long as we my stop out area is probably above this high and even then i honestly don't i probably won't even stop out of this trade because i just I would hold this the whole way back up to like probably here in this area because you know this was like a clean breakout of this high um right there clean breakout of that high and then we just consolidated above it i would not be surprised at all to see a quick little 
push above that level, trap longs that don't believe that an offering is bad or that saying AI whenever your earnings was down 50% is bad. And then it just shoots back lower. But my target is probably somewhere close to pre-earnings spike. So anywhere like in this area. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. That was way too long of an answer for, don't even remember what the question was. Well, I guess on that note, if you guys want to stay tuned to Colby's trade, you know where to find him in the Discord. <laughs> yeah, find me in the Discord when I'm talking to myself in the morning at 9, nine o'clock. <laughs> or exactly. at 4 o'clock. All right, guys. It was a good recap and review, and I already feel better about my trading. <laughs> yeah, because you looked at my trades, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so bad. So bad. I need to get some wind under my wings again for yeah, but yeah, I, I agree with Toby. I think that's that's also my target, just kind of mentally uh you know, get in the right direction, start sizing, but then you know, get comfortable and then boom, look for that another leg up. And yeah, just gotta be focused. Don't let the swings distract me too much. All right, guys. Cool. Then uh see you, see you in the Discord. Yep. See you in Discord tomorrow. Later, boys. <laughs> Ciao, everyone. Good day. See ya.